0: This is Ozarks at Large. Matt McGowan's first novel, 1971, is set in the rural Missouri Ozarks in 1971. At the beginning of the book, we meet Bud, a 13-year-old boy, as he's being unknowingly abandoned by his mother, Fanny, alongside a rural Missouri farm. Bud's relationship with the owners of the farm, Herschel and Martha, and their grown son, who's just returned from Vietnam, helped shape the story. We also follow Fanny from Missouri to California. McGowan, who lives in Fayetteville and works for the University of Arkansas, recently came to the Carver Center for Public Radio to discuss the novel. He says when he began writing the book, he knew he wanted to place the story in a specific
1: time in American history. I like a lot about history in the early 70s, and I'm, I'm really intrigued by it on a personal level because of, uh, because of my vague memory of some of these events. For example, my dad had a... Um, Uh, a high school buddy who was a pilot in Vietnam and he was shot down Mm. over, I think, Laos or Cambodia. And we had gone over to his widow's house and, I mean, she didn't know, it hadn't been confirmed that he was dead, but they were pretty sure of it and we had gone over there to visit with her and I was four years old. And my uh, mom and dad were consoling this woman and I, during this, I went outside and I was... I remember I went outside and stood on a rock to see if I could find Vietnam. Mm. So those were some um, like our times today, some really uh, contentious, uh, volatile years. You grew up in the Missouri Ozarks. This is set in the
0: Missouri Ozarks. Um, I'm glad you've pointed out to folks that there will be an age difference between you and our protagonists. Because there's that inclination that, oh, this might be
1: semi-autobiographical.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's fiction.
1: It's fiction. It's not It's not autobiography. Um, like I think most fiction, there are, uh, of course, uh, mo- auto- autobiographical moments, scenes, of course. Uh, but the story is um, total fabrication.
0: Um, <clears throat> okay, so you said you knew it was going to be that year but not the title. How did you land on... The Mm, title—that's a
1: good question. I had thought about it. Uh, I'm uh, er more on the side of um, uh, well being wordy rather than being succinct, precise with language, and so I was playing with it in my mind and thinking, you know, how can I? uh, I like a clever title, but I'm not very clever clever with them. I always. At work, I always rely on our friend Charlie Allison to write my titles because he's he's a pro at that and um, so uh, but i was I was thinking about something that needed to be brief and and it it felt like that year sort of encapsulated a lot of the story uh, so I had thought about it, and I mentioned it to my editor, who's also my wife and she <laughs> she liked it a lot and um, uh, I, I actually think she might have i think I mentioned it to my to my publisher, uh, Janine, my editor, uh, and wife, she, she had the idea, I think she had the idea herself. What about this year? And I said, Oh yeah, I, uh, I, I, considered that, but it, it seemed, didn't seem like enough. And she said, no, I like it a lot. And so I had mentioned that to my publishers and the publishers were like, we love it. And let's, let's just do that. And I was like, well, there's f- two of us that are certain, three of us that are certain on it and one who's pretty certain. So that's, that's good enough.
0: I am amazed at the dialogue because you, you you just said you tend to be wordy but the dialogue in this book whether it's between a farmer and his wife or this sort of um orphaned child and and these people who become his his mentors it never rings hollow even when it's just sort of a um you know An everyday conversation. How hard did you work to get the dialogue to sound to read exactly like people talk? Because that is not easy.
1: I will say that not as hard as I worked to to come up with the uh, exposition around it. Really? Yeah. The the dialogue is it just comes naturally to me. I hear a lot of people say that they have a hard time writing dialogue. It's not to say that I didn't work on it. I, I I worked on it a lot and. Uh, As with exposition, I can go on and on with dialogue. Um, But in this case, and of course, you know, the editing of the book was helpful too, but less so than uh, the exposition. Um, I just, it comes natural to me. I have an ear for it. I think a lot of it has uh, come from the verbal, sorry, the oral tradition that I heard from my mother, frankly, um, and my, you know, a lot of other Family members, but my mom and uh, my brother my mom and my brother especially are uh, really good storytellers in the oral tradition and I think it just comes from it comes from that uh, to some extent, but then also um, you know we're a pretty verbal people and um, <laughs> both my family of origin and my families of creation and uh, we talk a lot, and I just hear a lot of I hear dialogue in my mind a lot.
0: So you talked about exhibition or the the exposition that's around the dialogue. Don't want to give too much away, but, you know, we meet a boy who is how old? He's 13. 13. He's sort of directed to go towards this farm when a car is broken down. It turns out that he's being left And this man and his wife sort of shepherd him, take care of him, send him
1: to school. How did this story originate with you? (laughs) Well, I wish I had. uh, I wish I could tell you that that it was a newspaper story that I had read or a a a magazine story, but it it wasn't. um, I, um, you know, I, I was stuck on this one idea of not abandonment necessarily, but of this idea of love coming from. People other than those we expect to give it—our um, parents, for example, grandparents, or his relatives and close friends—but um, this idea of love being given freely without expectations from total strangers. But uh, so that that was kind of one thing. Um, well, and especially, uh, or perhaps most most importantly, by people who had um, experienced some trauma or mm-hmm. pain themselves. So, but other, but you know, this also I was stuck on this idea of the the hills, the Ozarks, my home, and this um, this idea of young people moving. I think, as I mentioned in the book, with Joe, their adult son, there's a lot of young people on the move. He says, and and there were at that time. um, We're a pretty mobile society in general, but at that time. You know, I had read some books about young people moving, you know, migrating out to California. Migrating is probably too, too uh, strong or um, favorable of a word. I think they were roaming um, mm-hmm. out to California. Um, so I was I was kind of stuck on that, this this idea of movement and, and this idea of, well, you know, the kind of the back to landers, this group of people who had come back to the Ozarks. Sh- Fanny wasn't a back to lander. But she um, uh, she shows up in the Ozarks and, um, and, you know, there's this idea, you know, just this idea that she's, um, she's troubled and, um, and this is a, a familiar place in my mind and uh, this is where um, a few things happened, not traumatic things happened to me, but familiar things happened to me when I was very young in this area and it just seemed like um, the place for that to happen and for that to be the thing that happens which is this the thing being this kind of unacceptable thing is that is abandoning a child. You mentioned
0: there were a lot of people on the move and we do have a rock and roll band that's moving west hoping for the golden record, hoping for the contract to play on Sunset Boulevard.
1: Is it no, uh, it's uh, I think it is Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. They they have a gig at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Yeah, the Whiskey A Go-Go. Mm-hmm. Were you ever su- part of something like that? Oh, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I don't... Yeah.
0: But I'm suspecting that you've driven across country because you have some of those details of being in a van and
1: barely having enough money for gas. And... Oh, absolutely. In fact, one time my brother and I broke down in the Mojave mm-hmm. in a van uh, when we were... I was 19. He was 16, um, so and I think that kind of shows up at one point the guy says I might have had that experience where the gas station attendant says better take some water take some water because you're getting ready to, to enter some inhospitable uh, territory um of course Fanny knows that cuz she's been out there herself um I think I had we had that s- same experience that somebody kind of prepared us and said you know this is you're getting ready to go into a very there's not going to be a gas station for a while. You want to make sure your car's running well and that kind of thing. Yeah, I had gone out to California, California, um, many times, but it wasn't, well, I wouldn't say many times, um, a few times, uh, some road trips, uh, on my own and, and with others. So yes, I was, I was fascinated by that experience, but not, I was fascinated by it, uh, less because of my own experience and more because of of the Jodes because of Steinbeck mm-hmm. um, and, and because of, frankly, because of Woody Guthrie, the, the, can we say Okies and Arkies still who had, um, who had gone out to, who had to go out there to, to stay alive, you know, because they'd lost their farms and that kind of thing. So I remember reading about, so I've been, I've been stuck. I've been fascinated by this idea of migration, um, especially during the depression people moving out there it's there's something romantic about it although it wasn't romantic for them it was tragic for them that is the the people who lost their farms and had to go out there in the 30s but ever since i read the grapes of wrath and a biography of a really good biography of Woody guthrie i have been fascinated by essentially my people having to just pick up and and go because there's nothing here and um you know, and I've had, so there were my, my experiences, but mostly it was, uh, and a few friends of mine, one in particular who was sort of a surrogate sister who had gone out there to California. Uh, she was older than me. She had gone out to California to visit a friend a couple of times, and, um, and I listened to those stories, and I was just, just fascinated by this idea of migration. I guess it's emigration yeah. within the United States.
0: Don't you think Fanny who is uh, the character who leaves the child she felt she had to go. It may not have been the depression but that's correct. She had to yes. move and if it and, and if it's driving this band that she kind of meets
1: at random yeah. so be it. She was compelled I, I she was compelled to go out to California. I don't know if she fully understood that. She was uh she was troubled, and, and I'll just say, you know, grieving. I don't think that gives away too much. We learn pretty, pretty early mm-hmm. on in the book. Readers learn pretty early on in the book why she's grieving. So she's troubled. She's, not, she's hurting emotionally, and she's not thinking clearly. Um, and, yes, she is compelled to go, to go out there. It may not be coherent in her head as to why. Uh, it, at times it is. Uh, but yes, yeah, she's willing to get out there any way she can, and it's you know, it's not planes, trains, and automobiles, but it's buses. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yes, uh, it's uh, get there any way you can. Hitchhiking, greyhound, and then yeah, she she hooks up with a rock and roll band, and they need somebody to drive because mainly they're just wanting to smoke pot and and uh, <laughs> and sleep, <laughs> and then get to the whiskey a go go right. and get that big contract exactly.
0: Did you know, as you were bringing this together, all the characters, who they were going to be? Or did some of them
1: develop as you were writing? Yeah, that's a great question, um, the latter. Yeah. I knew some of them for sure. I knew Bud and Fanny. Bud's our young 13-year-old. Yeah, Bud is the um, the 13-year-old protagonist, or I guess really one of the two protagonists. I knew, yes, I knew I wanted to tell his story and Fanny's and really the Claypools, Herschel and Martha. Um. No, a lot of that other stuff, as with really most of my writing, uh, it, it I get this question asked a lot. D- did you have this whole story, um, sort of complete in your mind before you started? And almost, almost invariably, the answer to that is mm-hmm. no. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but it works for me. I, I sometimes, sometimes it's there, and I and I'll be honest when the whole thing's there and I've started out, it, it sometimes doesn't work. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, at least, doesn't turn out to to be the way I want it to be. And so when I'm, when I'm okay with just developing a narrative and plot as I go along, um, very often I'm pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Yeah. Finally, you mentioned that at the heart of this story
0: is unexpected love, sort of unconditional love. Martha and Herschel just take to Bud. Bud takes to them. There's stability that Bud hasn't had. And I'm wondering, Martha and Herschel are older. I mean, they've got grown children. Were you protective of the relationship between the two older adults and 13-year-old Bud as you were writing? Because it's a beautiful relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I was. Yes, I was protective of it. It was... I think not initially um, i don't uh, that's a great question i'm st- clearly struggling to answer it. Yes, I was protective of it. Uh, a lot of that came out of uh it, although the the scenes weren 't autobiographical, a lot of that came out of um, uh, my my grand- my paternal grandfather's love for, for me mm. uh expressed through just time with me I was sent out to the farm because my parents were working and, um, um, I spent out days, hours and hours and days with him and he was dying. I think he knew that he was in his early sixties and had cancer, but, um, you know, he was, I spent a lot of time with him and he showed unconditional love to me every day, which is uh, from what I've heard from my mother, not what he showed his his own children. Hmm. Uh, so, in that sense, I was very protective of that relationship. Yes, I was thinking about uh, the relationship between Bud and the the Claypools, and I was thinking about I was thinking about that quite a bit. Yeah. Well, congratulations! It's truly uh, a great work. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Matt McGowan's novel is titled. 1971. The book is available now. He'll discuss the novel and read from it Sunday, December 12th at 2 p.m. at Two Friends Bookstore in Bentonville. He came to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio earlier this month.